keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts, specifically the roast of Abdullah the Butcher. We're fucking pumped because Zach Amico is here with us today. Zach, you remember from the Bray Wyatt Fiend show, he's also from Real Ass Podcast and a bunch of other shit. Uh, Zach, thanks for coming back on, buddy. Thank you guys for having me. I love the show, so I'm excited to be a part of it, man. Yeah, man. Anytime, dude. Kill it. We also uh, got our old faithful Zach, Mike Lawrence, Robert Karpolis, and Sergeant Slaughterhouse. Scotty, is that like a little bit of a man bun in the back? Oh, yeah. I got a mullet. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Mike says, oh, God. One of the most horrific looking people ever. <laughs> oh, God. You still look great with a haircut that people would start shooting at me if I had it. Scott's right. going for the all Matt right. Damon in the last duel. <laughs> all right, Brian Pillman Jr. Jr. <laughs> My favorite band. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more Carl's Jr. than Brian Pillman Jr. But <laughs> your aunt Linda cut that for you. <laughs> She's a good but lady. Anyway, guys, we're is we're that, excited. Is the butcher, the guy that gave Scott his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we've got a we've got a lot of fun shows coming up next week. We're doing the roast of Alexa Bliss. The roast of Kane, the roast of Scott Steiner, the roast of Cindy Lauper. Who do we have after that, Mike? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> All right, oh, Randy, Orton. Run here. Randy Orton uh, is our uh, our other November one. All right, Randy Orton, and uh, get ready for a couple other ones, guys. Uh, if you're a member of the five dollar tier, um, we're off this week, but then we're doing the Undertaker New Day Netflix movie horror, horror movie plus fan questions. The Roast of Nick Gage, World War Three, an MLW review, uh, a show that Robert booked. Q- We're going to be uh, commenting on QT Marshall, The Wrestler for Thanksgiving. The Roast of Ryback, TLC review, which could be a watch along. We're going to see how we can do with what we can do with that. Jingle all the way to off day one. And the then they, uh, they announced today they're not doing TLC this year. What are they doing? They're just there's just not going to be a December pay per view. It's going to go straight oh, from, because they're they're doing day one. It's Survivor Series to day one. They they announced today the Chicago pay per view they were going to do isn't going to happen. So, wow. All right, so we have an open spot, which will is that because of ticket sales? Because if they can't sell out Chicago, there's something fucking wrong. Uh, it's because during last year's TLC, two of the wrestlers were killed. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was money in the bank, I believe. You're right. <laughs> or the swamp but, match. <laughs> but they survived the next day, uh, so they're okay. <laughs> uh, if you're on our ten dollar tier, you get something to sports entertainment with me and Robert broke down Monday Night Raw this week. Next week, Rob will be doing Raw. I will be doing Crown Jewel. Um, leave a five star review in the comments. Join YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to all our pages, and uh, T-shirts are on both. Robert and my pro wrestling tees page. Now, Zach, 
we gave you an entire October uh, list of wrestlers to pick from, and you picked Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, so we'll start out with uh, with Brightside with Zach. Zach, what do you love about Abdullah? I love the territory guys. I love the guys that never stayed anywhere too long and could be a huge presence and kind of tour with it and never have to change it. I think it sounds like the most fun version of wrestling was that you were never in a town for more than six months. And I love that he could be gone for a little while, come back and be just as scary. And they never had to repackage him. And I just feel like he's one of those guys that they never managed to ruin. We couldn't stay around long enough to, to be ruined. Yeah. And uh, I, and he's the fact that he could have great matches like Andre is such a testament to like his staying power. And like, when you look at how long he had those brawl matches, 40 um, years, right? I think it's 40 years he was wrestling. Like, it's like him and Gypsy Joe were having a competition for who they could <laughs> yeah. disease and how long they could wrestle. Oh, there's literally like a Yo Mama So Old joke. She refereed a match between Abdullah and Gypsy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gypsy, what does Gypsy Joe have? Uh, New Jack's knife in his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is one of the most uncomfortable fucking things ever. Um <laughs> Mike's on yeah. fire today. Uh, he's, uh, I mean, when I was doing my little, my little bit of Abdullah the Butcher research that I did this week, um, you know, he. Uh, this is before I even was into wrestling. Like, he was one of the guys who legitimately made me wonder if it was real or not. Like, I would go to the pharmacy and there'd be magazines. You know how there was like the WWF magazine, but then there was, you know, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It was like the black and white and... It was always him, like, with black blood coming out of his head. And I was like, all right, well, all this other shit may be fake, but this guy seems like a real, real psychopath. Uh, great gimmick, great gimmick, great uh, look. Um, biggest carny ever. <laughs> I really do think he's the biggest carny we've ever covered. So take that as a positive or a negative, depending on how you think about carnies. It's probably a little bit of both for everybody. Um, he's an argument for more crazy guys in wrestling. I did watch his match with Terry Funk was really great. Even though Terry Funk does like 90% of, of the work in the match. That's funny you say that because Terry Funk, I read that Terry Funk said that one of his matches with Abdullah, the butcher is one of his top three matches he's ever had. Yeah. It's a really good match. And it's, I mean, it's, it's Terry Funk wrestling himself. Like if you watch it, you're just like, all right, this guy's like. Yeah, it's almost it's not Shawn Michaels selling for Hulk Hogan blatant, but it's it's <laughs> up there. Um, kayfabe wrestling observer and WWE Hall of Fame. One of the few guys who got in WWE Hall of Fame without being, uh, I think, ever wrestling in the company, plus championships all over the place. All Japan Stampede Georgia Championship Wrestling. Scott, what do you think about Abdullah? I never knew much about him other than I knew Zach really liked him. I think Zach's mentioned him to me a few times uh, when I've seen him. And so I thought that meant, you know, like, oh, he's a hardcore guy, but he's super swell, <laughs> like like Zach. Turns out he's a giant piece of shit, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> he visually looks, you know, that part, whatever that part is, um, you know. Death, I think, is, is the role he's playing. But yeah, he looks he looks exactly like he's supposed to look, I guess. Truly frightening. You're right. It does feel re real with him. Part of it is because it kind of is uh, in some moments. 
and also the fact that he was never on a main stage, but he was on the covers of magazines and stuff. Um, I'm talking about like in the late nineties and stuff. It, it right. let me know he was, it was like, Oh, the only reason they're not signing him is because he's real. That's what it felt like, you know, as, yeah. as a wrestling fan, it's like, well, he's clearly popular enough to be everywhere. It's just, so they must have banned him from being in the WWF. That's what you think. Is um, yeah. I heard he was huge in Japan. I heard he was like one of the first, um, people from overseas to make over a million in Japan. Like he became a millionaire because of his career uh, over there. Really big deal. Apparently people would like run away from him in the streets, which I'm sure he loved. So yeah, that's all I got to say about him. I don't know much about him. Mike, what's your bright sign on Abdullah? I mean, I think, yeah, it's an impressive career. Like he started in 1958 and it's still like, that's a black guy in 1958 traveling the fucking world, traveling the South, traveling all these places and being mega over. Yes, it was to be booed at, but still, uh, <laughs> there is something about that. He's so, like, you believe him so much in terms of, like, oh, this is Abdullah. He's, like, a real guy that when it comes to, like, uh, black history, like he's you, you just it's weird right like you don't think of him that way well kamala has a lot to say about him with black history kamala, well, kamala, kamala accuses him of not uh being the reason that like black guys weren't getting booked in japan and which i don't know if that's true or not yeah, but, but listen listen abdullah waddled so that kamala could also waddle all right <laughs> so that kamala could hop <laughs> no, i mean but it, but it, i i'm just saying it's like we always hear of like the same three guys and only you know one of them because it's rock's dad but it's like that that in itself deserves to be acknowledged and and respected and and i mean the fact that yeah it's even if you don't even if you never heard of him as a wrestling fan you know who the fuck he is like and, and these are the kind of the guys that are are, are fun for me because it's like I've never really watched a match of his and to do the research and to find out how long he's been around. The guy's 80 now. I mean, that's, it's crazy. Like, and, he was born uh, in 1941. Yeah. Born in 41. Yeah. Wow. And, and I just watched like a documentary on him today. And he comes from like a family of eight kids that when he started wrestling in Japan, he came home and his mom was like working, scrubbing floors at a funeral home. And he was like, you're never doing this again. And then they show the mom and she was like, and I never did. <laughs> it's like, she like nice. died poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's just scrubbing his rib house. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say is, yeah, there is a realness to him. It's like, you're, you're waiting for like him to peel those, like the, the grooves off his head and that they're like actually just band-aids. But no, that's just, that guy looks like that. Like, and he's looked like that for fucking years. Dude, I saw, well, I mean, you guys saw, there's an interview with him where he's just explaining how he blades. Yeah. And so he blades, like he doesn't like, like he just bleeds in front of the camera. And he's just there's sitting no there. Yeah, he's just like, this is how it goes. And like blood is dripping down his forehead. Yeah, it's interesting. Cause it's like, you know, we, we talk now about how today's wrestlers are, are softer or whatever. They're definitely smarter because Look at all those old wrestlers in their like Dusty's forehead. All these guys with these gross fucking heads who could but, not. But the argument for that, Mike, is better uh, Abdullah's forehead than Dynamite Kid's entire body. You know, like, hey, if I do a few blade jobs, then maybe I won't have to fucking be a paraplegic, you know, when I'm 40 years old or, or, or go the Daniel Bryan way. I'll start doing the diving head, but then I'll just 
have a personality and get over so I don't have to do that or fuck up my forehead. <laughs> Robert, what do you think about Abdullah? Yeah, he's. I think Zach kind of hit the nail on the head. He was one of the last great traveling carny gimmicks that was fully formed on its own. Is He was like Andre in that if you were bringing Abdullah the Butcher in, you didn't need to do a hell of a lot uh, of other work. He's one of those wrestlers that a lot of the old-time wrestlers criticize the current crop of guys that you know you need to think about your gimmick you need to understand who you are you need to be able to cut your promos and you need to be able to wrestle in a way that aligns with who your character is abdul the butcher was fully formed and he never would have made it in the wwf because his gimmick wouldn't have worked in vince mcmahon world and i don't know what vince would have turned him into he would have been like the precursor to mabel or something like that when he was there so he was smart enough to make his money everywhere else. Uh, he, you know, he did have a main stage when he was on WCW for a little while, but you have certain iconic images of Abdullah the Butcher. You can't think of a guy using a fork without thinking of Abdullah. I mean, he, he specialized in a lot of this and he knew his limitations and it was hardcore wrestling without falling into what became like backyard wrestling. If I'm going to smash you with light tubes and all that, it was blood and guts, but it made sense for the match. It wasn't just, we're doing a stunt show. You felt like you were watching a violent, bloody, dangerous match. And if you were close to the blood, you were in fucking peril, but it was a, a great character. And, and to his credit, he's still alive. I mean, that alone makes it a bright side that Abdul the butcher is still alive and kicking at 80. And if somebody probably wanted to book him, he'd probably still work for you. I was just going to quickly say when you said, what would the WWF version be? The Sultan. That's literally what it would be. And then it wouldn't get that over. And then they'd make him rub his ass in people's faces. That's exactly what would happen. <laughs> under Vince. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's easier to, to, to catch hepatitis from? <laughs> uh, Zach, uh, Zach, were you an Abdullah fan? Yeah, because I read about him in Foley's autobiography. Oh, and, I'm in our uh, producer, Zach. Sorry. But oh, yes. I'm so sorry, buddy. No, no, no worries. That was my bad. Producer, Zach. That's confusing. Uh, I don't really have any uh, opinions on Abdul the Butcher. I've only ever seen clips of him on YouTube, and he's uh, bloody. Well, oh. fuck. It's great that we interrupted Zach and Miko's <laughs> insight to bring you Zach's. Uh... Zach was like, I read his autobiography. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> So we'll you, hear from Zach later to tell you to wash your hands, but uh, <laughs> thank you. Hey, but, look, but I'm, I'm trying to let everybody get their shit in. Um, <laughs> when you read the thing about him in Foley's book, did you just start going down like a rabbit hole and looking up videos and shit? Yeah, I had uh, like a 10 disc history of hardcore set that I got from High Spots years when I was in high school, and that had all the Memphis shit, tons of his shit, and that's how I got into that. Nice, um, and I was super. I, I loved him, and then also he was in um, virtual pro wrestling too. The 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 not stated best N sixty four game. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, we've said enough nice things about Abdul the Butcher. Uh, so then his funeral is going to be. Also, just breaking news: Robert Durst sentenced to life in prison. So yeah. Um, also breaking news gonna need a therapist for watching Abdullah the Butcher matches, followed by Escape the Undertaker. <laughs> what a mind, fuck. No, no. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's get to the roast of Abdullah the Butcher, Zach. 
spin the wheel, make the deal. Well, well, thank you guys for having me, man. No, of course. Abdullah the Butcher was an amalgamation of foreign stereotypes to scare white people. He had curly boots like the Iron Sheik, a headdress like Sabu, and was put in an electric chair like Jimmy Snooker should have been. <laughs> Abdullah looks like the only terrorist who had to buy two seats on the plane he's hijacking. <laughs> Abdullah debuted in WCW in his 40s in a cheap pine box, which is the same way many wrestlers leave WWE. <laughs> Abdullah opened up a barbecue restaurant, uh, marking the only time one of the boys' ribs didn't end up in sexual assault. <laughs> Abdullah has been managed by Gary Hart, the Grand Wizard, J.J. Dillon, Larry Sharp, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, Bearcat Wright, and countless others. He's been cornered by more middle-aged wrestlers than a transatlantic flight attendant. <laughs> by the end of his career, Abdullah was a diseased shell of himself who could barely work and couldn't even get in the ring. He was like Hepatitis O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> It's ironic Abdullah could fit a poker chip in the divot in his head because when you wrestled him, you were gambling with your health. <laughs> but you can't say the man isn't a legend. Abdullah was such a pioneer of hardcore wrestling, he carried a fork in his, in his gear bag when years later, most of the ECW locker room had a spoon in theirs. <laughs> what can you say? At the end of the day, Abdullah the Butcher took the National Wrestling Alliance by storm with nothing but custom boots, a huge head wound, and just a little bit of crazy. Sorry, I actually wrote that one about Kerry Von Erich. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man, that was great, Zach. Great. Uh, Robert. Hmm. Thanks for making me follow that. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dan's dog. All right. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher sounds like the kind of character that would be a major babyface at Crown Jewel. <laughs> Abdullah opened a restaurant that served Chinese food and ribs. The ribs were on anyone who ate the Chinese food. <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher would have been the perfect wrestler for the Attitude Era. He embraced ultraviolence, believed in edgy storylines, and had massive tits. <laughs> We can't talk about Abdullah without talking about the scars. Abdullah the Butcher cut himself an inordinate amount when you realize he doesn't listen to emo music. Abdullah the Butcher's gashes on his head are so deep that he can fit quarters in there, which is nothing compared to what Sonny can fit in her gash. <laughs> Abdullah claimed to be a seventh degree black belt, but in reality, it's because he needed to tie seven black belts together to keep his pants up. <laughs> he wrestled as Pussycat Pickens, which sounds like a character from an X-rated Disney movie. <laughs> Abdullah's character was described as an evil Arabian sadist, or as Tony Khan calls him, dad. <laughs> Abdullah competed in Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So there's a slight chance Scott may have heard of him. <laughs> Terry Funk claims he had one of his three greatest matches ever with Abdullah, which is further proof that Terry's dementia is really starting to kick in. 
Abdullah the Butcher wrestled on the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view, which was the most disgraceful thing to ever happen to the pro wrestling business that week. <laughs> Jesus. Abdullah the Butcher's last match ever was against Bull Buchanan, making a case for why wrestlers are better off dying in their 40s. <laughs> the WWE made an Abdullah the Butcher action figure. It was so authentic that it gave kids hepatitis C. Abdullah, Abdullah is in a number of wrestling video games. If you push the right buttons, you can watch him do his signature move, labored breathing in the corner. <laughs> and finally, Abdullah the Butcher was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, which made superstar Billy Graham want to pull out of the hall as if he were one of the needles jabbed in his ass. <laughs> Robert right. Carpless, everybody. Oh, next. Yeah. Uh, today we're roasting Abdullah the Butcher, the second most infamous man to make Bruiser Brody bleed out. <laughs> <laughs> he was at the show the night Brody was killed and says he didn't see the murder, which I believe because there's no way Abdullah's ever been in a shower. <laughs> and if he was there, he'd probably comment on the stabbing skills of Invader One. Nobody, you got to do it like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Abdullah the Butcher, the one innovator of violence that hasn't been canceled yet. Oh. His real name is Larry Shreve, and honestly, I'm upset we didn't get Larry the Butcher instead. <laughs> He's still alive and 80 years old. By the way, that's not my joke. That's God's. <laughs> <laughs> he would put forks in people's heads and carve them up without permission, and somehow the most disgusting thing about him was that he wrestled without a shirt on. He's the manliest man who looks like there's a pussy on his forehead. <laughs> He's fucked up in the head, and those grooves are so big, you could probably fuck him in the head. Uh, it's disgusting. The man should have to wear a hat. His head looks like a dick that's been circumcised by Michael J. Fox. <laughs> he combined the savage brutality of hardcore legends like Terry Funk and Mick Foley with the mobility of Mabel and the pulled-up pants of Steve Urkel. <laughs> I don't know what's more impressive, that he was Canadian but convinced people that he was from the Sudan, or that he stabbed people with forks and convinced people that that was professional wrestling. <laughs> I'm not saying he was a shitty wrestler, but the guy spent 30 years in Japan and never got a five-star match from Dave Meltzer. Ironically, Kamala was able to take Abdullah's gimmick and give it legs. <laughs> <laughs> if I had the greatest wrestling ability, I'd give him a hep C+. Plus. I mean, I was generally shocked that he had hepatitis C and not diabetes. <laughs> what he does to his opponents in the ring is nothing compared to what he does to the insides of their livers. <laughs> Abdullah should be called king of the deathmatch because if you wrestle him, you might actually die. <laughs> Hannibal from the HannibalTV.com sued him and won saying he was the reason he lost his WWE contract and you know the WWE has a zero tolerance policy against hepatitis C unless you gave birth to Randy Orton <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hannibal won the case because the judge thought he was suing for brain damage Finally, he's been accused of bleeding on several wrestlers and giving them hepatitis C, and it really, truly is shameful that he hasn't wrestled Nick Gage yet. <laughs> Mike Warren's, everybody. 
Dan, you're, you're up, buddy. All right. That fanfare. Abdullah the Butcher, a.k.a. the Magic Johnson of Hepatitis. <laughs> he grew up with nothing but the rolls on his back. <laughs> he looks like the Buddha melted. <laughs> There's nothing scarier than 400 pounds of mall karate. <laughs> Abdullah still being alive is the only evidence we have of COVID being fake. <laughs> It sucks that most of the grainy footage we have of Abdullah is from a terrible indie show or getting titty-fucked by the dancing bear. <laughs> he opened Abdullah the Butcher's House of Ribs and Chinese Food, which sounds like the restaurant that killed Patrice. <laughs> Abdullah sold ribs, chicken, egg rolls, and fried rice. The only thing he wouldn't sell is an opponent's offense. <laughs> His wrestling style was Eddie Murphy getting in clump suit. <laughs> he could cut everything but a promo. This is my Scott joke. He single-handedly kept the wet nap industry a root beer float. <laughs> <laughs> Abdul the Butcher is how Jackson Riker pronounces Mustafa Ali. <laughs> uh, Abdullah looks like what would happen if a pumpkin came to life but then just decomposed like a normal pumpkin. <laughs> His last match was a draw against Bull Buchanan, which, you know, all I say is that if you haven't seen that match, neither have I. <laughs> He's the only guy to make Mick Foley say, hey, bud, that's a little much. <laughs> Abdullah did the unforgivable, made Hannibal a millionaire. Just <laughs> His forehead so cut up that QT thought it was his wife's wrist. <laughs> he looks like he's starring in an Aladdin-themed episode of My 600-Pound Life. <laughs> his finishing move was the Sudanese meat cleaver, which is also what Moolah called her pussy. <laughs> and finally, imagine getting hep C from Abdullah instead of Pam Anderson. Well, at least I got to fuck Pam Anderson versus... Well, at least I got to almost die at that high school. <laughs> That's for me. All right, Scotty, take him home. All right, Abdullah the Butcher, or as I like to call him, the tragic real-life story of the Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> <laughs> he bleeds Hep C and drinks High C. <laughs> I haven't seen so many infected scars since a homeless shelter held auditions for the Lion King. <laughs> so, so His body shape is Patrick Starr. <laughs> Instead of paying attention to any of his matches this week, I just played the game Cellulite or Cheese Grater Scar. <laughs> All right, he moves like he's dealing with a hernia, a rash, and shit in his pants. Uh, he looks like a thumb on the hand of a firework accident victim. <laughs> his boots curl at the tip because he can't bend over to cut his toenails. Sometimes he'd enter the ring eating a chicken raw, and by raw, I mean without a condom. <laughs> He looks like a beanbag chair with googly eyes on it. Beanies <laughs> <laughs> come out when you rub a lamp. Abdullah comes out when you rub a gas can. 
Uh, he looks like a gas station attendant and the monster the gas station attendant warns you about. <laughs> As a black performer, if Vince got a hold of him, he'd have been Abdullah the butler. <laughs> he would tie razors like to the tips of his fingers, uh, kind of like Freddy Krueger. But if Freddy Krueger haunts dreams, Abdullah haunts diabetic comas. <laughs> He's Jason Voorhees if the late Jason Drowndon was at that camp from the movie Heavyweights. <laughs> and finally, I wanted to make a joke about him being one of the screen killers, but his fingers are too fat to dial a phone. <laughs> oh, man, the Rose of Duel the Butcher. That was a good one. That was yeah, we did all right. That, that was, was fun, great. Guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Zach. Zach, you're welcome great to job, stay Zach. on or uh, if you have to go. Uh, how much longer do you guys do? Well, we, oh, we go to like, like, forever. We just bitch and moan. All right, I'm actually going to head out then. I apologize. <laughs> I'll see you later, man. Thank <laughs> no, you so much great. for having me. I really no, appreciate it. No, you did great. Thank it. you. No, you're the hey, best. what do you want to plug, by the way? Oh, yeah. Real Ass Podcast. Yeah, uh, coming up in November. Check out uh, Real Ass Podcast uh, by Guys at Ian Finance. Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show doing a live show at The Stand on Halloween, 7 p.m. Very fun. And as always, uh, please check out Catalyst Wrestling. Uh, we're up on uh, Tubi now. We're on YouTube. We're on Gas Digital Network. And uh, please check us out. Having a ton of fun taping uh, matches with them. All right, Zach. We're going to check that out. Thanks again for doing it, man. Thank, Thank you guys you, so man. much for having me. Everybody be safe. So Love great. you, buddy. Peace Thank out. You, buddy. Zach Amico, everybody. God, that was he's funny, man. Yeah. He's so funny. Also, a really great wrestling manager. Like, if, if you do uh, search out his wrestling stuff, his promos are unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, yeah. AEW. You do you have enough managers yet? <laughs> uh, hey, let's get to uh, our show in hell this week. Uh, Amico uh, too young for them. <laughs> both of our show, both our show in hell and our tales from the Indies are Abdullah centered this week. There was no episode of Dynamite, so we kind of doubled it up on some other segments. Um, the thing I made you guys watch is uh, what was more awkward, Abdullah in the chair or Abdullah coming out of the box? Um, I don't I mean, basically, WCW was just like an episode of Adam's Family <laughs> during this period. Like, it really was just so, like, and, and, and I, I watched the electrocution video, and current, it's so weird seeing Jim Ross, like, have to phone it in for this. Like, because current JR would have just torn this fucking uh tore this thing apart um and my, my big note is i'm glad fully didn't get hep c i think uh i don't know he looks more awkward leaving a box and getting electrocuted which maybe just that's just like a i don't know like nobody would order a fat guy you know what i mean and I, I don't know what, what, what well, that he, is. He, he sells getting electrocuted really well yeah uh and then the idea so what happens is you know there's this match which is terrible and who's in it it's a bunch of guys it's too many guys El Gigante is in this match. I've seen the full match. Yeah, I remember seeing this too. I think we did it for the Patreon once. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, it's it's so terrible. And then at the end, they strap Abdullah to the uh, to the electric chair, which is uh, in the center of the ring, and they electrocute him. And then what happens is Foley, Cactus Jack, is like trying to wake him up or something, or trying to see if he's alive. And he wakes up flipping out and beats the shit out of uh, Foley and beats the shit out of anybody coming from the backstage to assist like any type of uh you know jabroni that's trying to calm things down and i actually thought that was awesome i think that's really well done and 
that's what you yeah, do. Yeah, it it's with, a cool way to get your heat back for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, dude, with an Abdullah character, like, that's cool as hell. It works. Now, yeah, the coming of out of a box, it's like, why the fuck would this guy be in a in a present box, you know? And then why would he um, a- attack someone and then just walk away so easily after? It, it felt much less, it felt like a, a shitty segment as opposed to uh, a, a moment in Abdullah's history, which is what the electric chair thing felt like. And, and dude, we make fun of the electrocution thing, but look, I think the electrocution is way less awkward than the Finn Balor rope break or the uh, Seth Rollins taking Rey Mysterio's eye out. Or the boss man hanging. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mike, what do you think is more awkward? I think I think the electric chair, just because, yeah, like the the box was his debut, and I think it's a cool debut in terms of like, what the fuck is this, you know? And it's Sting. It's your, you know, your 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 one of your biggest guys, your franchise guy, and uh, yeah. But the the fucking electric chair. Here here's what you have to remember too, because I didn't realize this until I was watching the show. It's the opening match. They open with this. Really? Yeah. And it's That's kind like, of badass. Yeah, the Steiners are in it. Sting's in it. Yeah, Eldra fucking Gante, uh, Foley. And it's like, I mean, you got some talented people in there and Eldra Gante. And it's like, but it's just the cage is hard to see through. It's just a weird mess of a match. And then you're, the thing is, the him popping out of the box, you're delivering the promise. Him getting electrocuted, he's not actually electrocuted. So it's like, okay, all right, this happened. And then he's like just in Japan next week giving a young lion hepatitis. <laughs> Robert, which one's more awkward? So when I was uh, at WWE and we were we were preparing this pay-per-view because we were putting it up on, on WWE 24-7, and I'm working with uh, one of the producers, one by the name of Liz, who was the the U Chavo at the beginning of Chavo's entrance music. She's the U Chavo girl. No way. Yeah. So Did she Chavo make her react that way naturally, or <laughs> like, I mean, did she... they have him in the room for inspiration? Yeah, he just he just yeah. like daintily takes his shirt off and puts like a shower towel on. Yeah. Well, it's it actually originally U Chavo. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm in the room and, I'm, and we're 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 fixing this thing up and we get to the electrocution part and she just turns to me and says, who would ever admit to liking watching wrestling? And it's what I always think of whenever we bring this up, this electrocution was so fucking stupid because if you watch the whole match, the lever keeps falling down during the match because they didn't gimmick the prop properly. So they can't get the lever to stay in the position it's supposed to be in. And then you have Abdullah selling this. It looks fucking terrible. It's really, really stupid. Guys coming out of a box. I mean, like Cornette's whole thing is like, if you come out of a box, you're over. And WWE has used it. I mean, they just showed the thing on Canyon, which was not the best example. But whenever you use a guy popping out of a box or a coffin or whatever it is, it becomes a big deal moment. And I remember Abdullah coming out of the box and attacking Sting. And it was like, wow, that was an interesting surprise. Abdullah the Butcher getting electrocuted is a special level of stupid in pro wrestling where it's just like, I, I feel embarrassed trying to explain or justify this other than saying this is a live action cartoon for children uh, and it should never be taken remotely seriously. 
Well, I think you guys are forgetting also that this was a time in the country where people were really rooting for uh, some death penalties, you know? Yeah. They like, really were, yeah. It, this was, was a time Ted Bundy where was like three people where everybody was like, you know, burn this man up. And then so WCW was like, okay, how about this guy? And like, it, it, it almost makes sense because of the time. It's Which weird. means there's a chance the December pay-per-view is going to be Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's a oh, way. Well, by the way, that is our, our Twitter question is Squid Game related. Oh, well, uh, obviously okay. I knew that. Robert, yeah, why'd you step on the Twitter up. question? No, that's fine. But, uh, <laughs> but I was going to say, like, there's two ways to get over with Gordon. <laughs> coming out of a box and coming into his wife's box. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, that's good. Oh. You think... Do you right, think so two and two, it was evenly split as to... Which oh, Abdul, I think Abdullah definitely liked the electric chair. He preferred to sit rather than stand. This was his favorite <laughs> spot <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Abdullah reminds me of so many guys I was security guards with. It's crazy. <laughs> you think, do you think you can get the ribs cooked in the electric chair? <laughs> I don't know. That's a shirt. Also, dude, also like props. This is this is a, a plus because I didn't have many about Abdullah. But the fact that his like his tits are, or his breasts are like on the side of him and by the waist. But his nipples no, they're, are still they're where nipples go. They're definitely like his, tits. His nipples still are where all the nipples go. But his tits are like reaching for his ass or something. It's, it's like a neck pillow wrapped around the front of his body. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. You Wild. know what? I, you know what I noticed too. It's very hard to tell whether or not a fat person is sleeping or dead. You know, <laughs> like you're just like, oh, it's frightening. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is kind of frightening. You're like, is this it? Is it over? If, if they're sitting in an electric chair in WCW, they're sleeping. They're sleeping. Um, all right, folks, let's get to our tales from the Indies. This week, we watched the um, there, Mike. Mike sent us a video, which kind of detailed, uh, you know, Hannibal's accusation. Then he won in court about uh, uh, Abdullah giving him hepatitis. Um, it's a really sad video, man. Um, yeah, it's it's super sad. Very sad. I mean, I think this one of the saddest thing about it is my first note is of course honky tonk is on the final marquee. Of course, of course, that had to be the final marquee of Honky Tonk there. There's just nothing. Imagine quitting what you love and Honky Tonk just being there. You know, like. He's like, he says, he's like, I'm 29 and this is my last match. And then it just says Hannibal Honky Tonk Man on the marquee. (laughs) Hannibal, by the way, gives off major QT vibes. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not too familiar with him. But even when he's, you know, look, I'm, Abdullah did destroy his dream, and 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 I fully believe that the medication he took to beat the Hep C, which he did eventually beat. Um, I saw a video that was a little more hopeful than this video. He did beat it, and that's great. But it's like the the side effects. They took that drug off the market because the side effects were brutal. Like you know, his life was hell for for years, and you can't get that back. You know, if you're you know, uh, especially in terms of wrestling where the years do matter. So I do feel bad for him. But when you hear him talk and he says, like, I could have been a superstar, you go like, I don't know, cut a better promo. At the, like, this is real and I'm barely being moved. You know, right. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if he could have been a sorry. superstar, but he could have been in Ascension or Chronic. You know, like, <laughs> yes, like, that that's is what true. I mean. He that was like a big true. guy that could have like he could have been you know, fucking mace. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he could have been a, like a giant star, but. He could have been Festus if he wasn't able to transition into Luke Gallows. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and, and also the fact that, you know, he did wrestle Abdullah a bunch of times and it's very obviously because a booker is going, oh, the name Hannibal versus Abdullah the Butcher, who people are, people call, you know, people thought he was a cannibal. And then you have this wrestler Hannibal that's nothing like Hannibal Lecter. Uh, he's again, like QT Marshall. And uh, yes, yeah, he a wishes, Scott. Of fate. <laughs> I mean, okay, so my, my, my thing on this is like, I, I feel like I, I watched the whole match of him versus Abdullah, you know, where uh, Abdullah does this, this part in the match. And I know there were multiple matches. But of course, this is the match you watch the full match of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, like the saddest, grimiest. And, and, and the, ha- the, the Halloween House of Horrors match. So, yeah, I know, I know. what I am. But anyways, so. He uh, ate candy out of a plastic pumpkin yeah. head the whole time. <laughs> I fast forward through anything with Danny Garcia, but you show me Abdullah and Hannibal. And it's a full night in, baby. No, but uh, it was, yeah, so. What's interesting is, yeah, he takes a Abdullah takes a fucking coffee pot, like a legit, and just smashes the coffee pot and all this. It's just, it's not even wrestling. Like that's the thing. It's just fucking disgusting. And and I do I do sympathize with Hannibal for the fact that like Abdullah did this shit without telling people, and he he apparently did this to a decent amount of people. Where he would just wrestle with them, fucking bleed on, because he can't do anything else, so he's just bleeding. Oh, dude, on. do you remember that? Did you see that Billy Graham story about it? Yeah, I mean, it's also you probably can get hepatitis just looking at his forehead. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, the blood just jumps out. But but anyway, it was on the menu at his restaurant. It was delicious. But anyway, what I was gonna say is, so but I watched a video with Hannibal commenting on just the coffee cup incident and and, and the match, and he comes off so unlikable. Because he keeps saying, like, you know, I'm one of the toughest there was, and none of these wrestlers now, you know, they're so soft and babying and crying, they couldn't do what I do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad they didn't, because they still get to wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we really do need to emphasize that Abdullah the Butcher, because I didn't just watch the Hannibal thing. I watched, like, there's a 25-minute video online of people shooting on him. Yeah. And there's maybe which like, Hannibal, which Hannibal made, by the way. Yes, yeah. Hannibal cut that together because the last like 10 minutes of that is just Hannibal <laughs> just fucking like showing like the x-rays of his body and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But every single guy has stories about how oh he would wrestle guys and cut them without ever getting it approved. Like he would snap razor blades in half, tape them to his fingertips, and then just start poking guys with the razors and making them bleed and bleeding all over them. It's, it's in, I mean, he should have been banned from wrestling yes. way yeah, before thing, he even got, got involved with Hannibal. The thing you have to understand is he would do this shit, but promoters didn't care because bringing Abdul the butcher in sold tickets and he wasn't a permanent fixture. And if you complained about it, you were replaceable. And that was the, the, the downside. It's like, if you're going in there and wrestling Abdullah, you're going to bleed. It's yeah. it's part of it. It's like it's like when the Steiners would wrestle jobbers and you know that they're just going to take liberties with them. It's just, oh, it's funny. Or the Road Warriors would do it. Or like Bubba Ray was talking about that uh, with Mark Henry, where they were criticizing that the current crop of wrestlers are too soft because, yeah, if you complain that the Dudleys were being too rough with you in the back, they would they would smack you and be like, you're being a pussy. Like, that's what this that's what the wrestling culture was versus what it's become now. 
And when you go look back at it, where the power resided was with who the draws were. And you found ways to forgive their, their behavior because, well, all right, you're being soft. This is a tough business where you're pretending to fight one another while wearing spandex. Yeah, I mean, we never fully talk about how insecure these guys were and, and the inferiority complex were? and how Twitch and all these other like vlogs and stuff have saved so many of these wrestlers because it's like, you know, like I make fun of Adam Cole, but like, you know, he doesn't need to show he's fucking tough. He gets to go on Twitch. I, I saw he made like more than half a million a year just off that. It's like he doesn't have to prove to anybody anything and he's still over. And these dudes just had to like bleed all the time and, and in the video i was talking about hannibal he says something he literally says that he's tougher than mass transit because he's like mass transit didn't even get a full cut on the forehead like i did it's like really dude well, that's <laughs> fucked up. up. yeah i don't i don't like hannibal's chances in the business had he actually made it i i, I think that dude would have been drummed out hey guys pretty quickly Guys, without without it though, we would have never gotten the worst shoot interviews of all time. So. I, know. <laughs> I mean, um, he does he does get people that you don't often see, and his inability to be a person gets him to ask the questions that you want to know, but you wouldn't ask because you're decent. Uh, well, I actually yeah, there's there, there's a pod, wrestling podcast that I won't mention that I really like to listen to just because like the guys are like so bad at interviewing like it puts the wrestlers at ease they're like oh this guy's not gonna like get me yeah. you know and because of that then they get relaxed and like reveal something super interesting all right let's move on to the we must hate ourselves world cup a doozy a slobber knocker if you will tl hopper versus oklahoma um my general note is oklahoma is works because bad comedy is worse than bad wrestling um but uh I mean, Oklahoma debuts in a WCW pinata match that is set up backstage with Vince Russo being George Steinbrenner on The Simpsons and just like yelling stuff at the luchadors. Then he comes out with Dr. Death Steve Williams. Um, you know, Teal Hopper's just kind of like a throwback. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's his post-match antics I wrote for TL Hopper are what Brett used to do to save Davy Boy's life. Um, he puts the sponge in, anyway, the plunger in there. And then um, and it, it, it's a little bit, his, his, his catchphrase is fucking terrible, which is, you boys get ready to get flushed, <laughs> which I don't even know what that means. But having said that, you know. Well, he can't uh, say like sucked, like what a plunger does, you know. Yeah. Well, I, it's just a reoccurring theme of Vince hating any job that has a strong union, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, wait till he goes after IOTSE next month. <laughs> so so my, my, my vote is Oklahoma's worse. What do you think is the worst gimmick, Scott? Um, Oklahoma is worse. Uh, T.L. Hopper works for me. Uh, yeah, guys who, who pl like plumbers are, are creepy man what's that camp on Awana guy that guy used to scare the shit out Zeke of me. the plumber yeah man yeah we don't bring that up very very <laughs> scary and that's why we don't bring it up and uh yeah tl hopper does that for me too again just like last week where what was it uh duke the dumpster drosy is that who we did last week yeah yeah yep. yeah i i personally a genuine fan of um of shitty job gimmicks uh 
it works for me because those jobs are terrifying. Uh, and I know that was upset I, that I Abdul the Butcher jobs. wasn't an actual butcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Abdul the Butcher looks and acts like a guy I used to work with at the slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, Wait, was uh, he one of the dead pigs? <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't do pigs. It was, we did like, it was a Muslim. Uh, Muslim but, but on the bright side, we know where Scott got his hepatitis. <laughs> uh, Robert, what's the worst gimmick? Oklahoma or? All right. So my my pick is T.L. Hopper. And, and there's a couple of reasons behind this. The fir- first of all, when T.L. Hopper debuted, this is 96, 97. This is Austin 316. This is not super cartoony WWF. So this is them trying to transition into a more serious product. And then you have the guy who's the wrestling plumber. And Scott brought up the point I was going to make about Zeke the plumber was genuinely terrifying. As a kid like that, fuck, like if you were a kid and watched, that was the second episode of Salute Your Shorts. Oh, wow. And the reason I bring this up is because they put Salute Your Shorts on Paramount Plus and I'm like, I want to show my daughter what I watched on Nickelodeon when I was a kid because they're, they're, the stuff they watch now is shit compared to what the good stuff was. We watched the first episode. I was like, I love this. I'm like, oh, let's go to episode two. And I was like, oh, no, no, we can't watch episode two because you will never sleep again because it was legitimately way too terrifying for a small children's television show. So T.L. Hopper as a gimmick could have worked in that regard. It was terrible. Oklahoma, the reason I can't criticize it, and this is terrible, and that's fine, is and Russo brought this up. Everybody at WWE does a Jim Ross impression, and it's not making fun of him for Bell's palsy. It's making fun of him because that's how he sounds, and he's kind of a shitty human being in a lot of ways. Like every we we all did Jr. impressions behind his back in the writers' room in front of Vince. Hey, it shitty, was a, is he a shitty human being? That's a that's a little. That's he a, was a, within the confines of wrestling, not in life, but like yeah, in, in, life. in terms of people to deal with. He was like top 10 guy you just don't want to have to deal with. At the point in time when I was working with him, he was very difficult, very combative about everything. And you just kind of, you did your voice. and like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, it just, it came out. So seeing. Can I just say something? You just did the voice without making the face. Yeah, but well, because it's 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 audio, and I can. It's because you can't make the face, but if you got the skill, you do it. You know. But it's making it's making fun of Jim Ross because Russo and Ferrara hated Jim Ross. Jim Ross, who was the head of talent relations, they didn't get along at the time, and this was them making fun of a guy that was pretty shitty. And Russo, in an interview with Hannibal. Uh, talked about how this was more of a rib on Vince because Vince would do the JR impression. And when we were on creative, we did way worse shit to Jim Ross, like the Dr. Heine sketch where Jim Ross almost dies and he has to go in for surgery. They remove his intestines. So Vince chose that the main event of Raw was going to be a segment where Dr. Heine was performing surgery on Jim Ross and pulls JR's head out of his own ass. While Jim Ross was in the hospital, not sure if he was going to live or die. So it's really hard to get super like agitated about Oklahoma. And it's the kind of stupid heel manager thing that could kind of work in in some regard as a parody. Like I felt like something ECW would have done. It was slightly better than like the billionaire Ted sketches, whereas T.L. Hopper was a, a kind of tone deaf character for where the WWF was in 96 and 97 with the rise of Steve Austin in one segment. And then the next segment is here comes the wrestling plumber. Fair. Well, 
can we just say though that Ed Ferrara as Jr. still looks way better than Ed Ferrara with dreadlocks at that TNA <laughs> yeah. review? Oh, when he was one of the guys from the Matrix, yeah, that, that was yeah. terrible. I thought you were gonna say he looks better than Jr. as Jr. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta, I gotta weigh on this. Uh, All right, Mike. What, what's what? Right now, it's two one with Oklahoma in the lead. It's Oklahoma, and I and I'll, and I'll tell 3-1. you one. All right, so I, I was watching Smokey Madden last year, and, you know, T.L. Hopper is – he was their champion. He was the dirty white boy, yep. Tony Anthony. He he has – like there's, like, this promo with him and Tom Pritchard from the 80s that's fucking awesome. Uh, he's a really talented guy, but, you know, like, towards the end of his career or whatever in, in the mid-'90s, and they did a thing where they were having these, like, jobber guys that – they could have competitive matches where they beat Barry Horowitz and then they lose to anyone else. <laughs> and it kind of filled a purpose. It was like Alex, the pug parto, you know, it was just like, you knew what it was. And the it goon. Was another Jim Johnston phoning it in song of a toilet flushing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Dan, Dan uh, by the end of this tournament, I will not want Jim Johnson in the hall of fame. So that's impressive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lazy motherfucker sometimes but the thing the thing with oklahoma is i'm fine with inside jokes but they still have to be universal and work it's like if you know that mike myers is doing a lauren michaels impression when he's doing dr evil that adds to it but you don't even need to know that and it's still just a fun character but this was just obnoxious and it's like he's calling the match but he's not letting Heenan or Shivani say anything and he's just being so annoying and he's only like the thing is it's fun when you make fun of somebody and we all have a voice that we do backstage but the reality is you often don't have enough material about it so he does like the say you know suplex 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 but he doesn't have anything else in the impression so he just keeps doing that and it's just it's fucking insufferable, man. So it's- your impression of somebody in an inside joke is never good. You know what I mean? Nobody ever like enjoy it's it's like it's not as bad as like when couples like do couple jokes in front of you, yeah. like that only they know, which I'm sure we all have. Um, but uh it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, and, and so it's it's not layered enough. The hopper thing was always gonna be at the bottom, and that's where it stayed, but this you know, being on the main show and all that. And the fact that it, it is the face, like I do think that the face puts it on a level of tastelessness that is just, it comes off. It, it takes it from being playful to being mean spirited. If you make the face. Oh, it was fully mean spirited. And I think that, yeah, was, no. <laughs> that was part of it with them. And it's like, but that's who Vince, that's who Russo and Ferrara were. And that was what worked to a large degree. They brought out a lot of the ugliness during the attitude era and they played to the, the the lowest common denominator and base impulses at a time where people loved South Park, not for its social satire, but because it was funny to watch kids curse and say homophobic slurs and miss the point of it entirely. That's who Russo and Ferrara's audience were. Um, it was more uncomfortable because you had Dr. Death Steve Williams there who was really bitter and angry towards Jim Ross at that point in time. And I think that's what kind of hurt Jr more than anything else yeah it's like i get that russo and ferrara hate me but like this guy who i've loved for decades and unfortunately we had to let go is part of something that's meant to just absolutely eviscerate me uh and jr has what to hide behind by saying 
you know, I, I get it. It's wrestling, but this offended my wife and that made her upset. And it would be egregious if it wasn't for the fact that Vince did it to Jim Ross repeatedly. That's where my degree of outrage isn't as high as it probably should be just because I've seen the company that paid him for years do really shitty things to him just because they thought it was funny to do really shitty things to him. Yeah. But based on what you're saying, some of it was justified. <laughs> yeah. Some of it was justified. But that's I've, just... I, I've met Jim Ross like five times and um, grumpy every he's time. very grumpy I've met he's, him a yeah. he's very grumpy and, and not protective of his legacy and i think this is it's just a quick side note on this when he was writing his his autobiography uh he was he was shared some some copies of people and one of the feedbacks with someone who is respected and, and knows what he's talking about basically told jim there was a story about jr doing like hallucinogenic drugs and he's like you're you need to be the john madden of pro wrestling Tell your story, but maintain a certain degree of dignity and be the elder statesman. Oh, that's and loser shit. JR refused <laughs> to do that and put it in. Dignity. You, you, you find out dignity isn't a thing when you take hallucinogenic drugs. You realize you've been an asshole if you've had dignity. You find out that fake razor may be yeah, real razor. Dignity involves, <laughs> yeah, dignity involves ego, Robert. Don't, yeah, but JR needs, needed to JR be more protective for... of his legacy. He loves his legacy. He needed to be more protective yeah. of it than he was. Um, and, and sometimes I think we talked about this, we talked about dynamite last week, like the, the red ass JR character from the Conrad podcast kind of started showing up on dynamite and it doesn't come across as him playing a character just comes across as like a guy who's over this shit sometimes and just wants to lash out and be grumpy. Yeah, I was gonna say if he if he's trying to protect his legacy, he should call less young bucks matches. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mike, Hey, let's check in with our Twitter verse this week. All right. So have, have you guys watched Squid Game? No, not no, yet. The girls have, but I have. Actually, halfway through it. Okay. Well, there's no spoilers here, but I did ask the Twitterverse, which wrestler would you pick to win Squid Game? So here we go. Uh, at Christopher W227. Honestly, any WWE superstar could win Squid Games. They've been playing red light, green light with the way they've been used thanks to 50-50 booking for years. <laughs> At Dota uh, our truth shows up, says, I'm here for the squid eating contest. The first person dies. Then he says, oh, my bad. <laughs> At Promographic Ken says, QT Marshall, but only if he does the face slapping scene with the mothers of all the forbidden dorks who can hit harder than their sons. At Big Red 10125. Big Jerry, Red. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler, he could have his girlfriends teach him all the children's games. <laughs> At Adam the Hawk, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes would win, and he'd script a detailed, vaguely racist promo right after about how everyone who died to get Cody to the finish would have wanted it this way. <laughs> uh, at Andy's Jack 2-3, uh, early 2000s Triple H because he loved nothing more than burying everyone. At Belly Flow, uh, you need someone strong. You need someone with ruthless aggression. And most importantly, you need someone willing to turn on their friends. Well, it's the big show. It's <laughs> time to win the squid game. At Sean one ak seeing a squid game has 450 five different competitors it would have to be someone from an aew dark taping for the numbers to be comparable 
at a, a KPI. Even that piss got off. I love it. <laughs> KBI Javier, in 10 years when Vince sees the show, we are probably going to find out. Uh, at Stegron, at David Stegon, uh, Bret Hart would say Bret Hart would win. And finally, at Huskers 88, if you put a gun to my head, Arn Anderson. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we all, we best, all know it's Reggie. Best fans in the world. Best fans in the world. No dynamite this week, folks. So it's an hour in and we're at high spot, low spot, which is uh, the shortest episode we've done in a while. I'm pretty impressed. Uh, high spots. Uh, I'm going to go with Awesome Khan getting into the TNA Hall of Fame. You know, hopefully she gets in the WWE Hall of Fame. She's already in the wrestling. She should be in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Uh, this is somebody who deserves uh, more recognition, especially, you know, I sent, um, I think, like, uh, you guys at some point, like, a video of, like, just fucking what was going on with this, with the, with the like, the 2010s you know, WWE women's division. I mean, it's, it's like prehistoric, but at that time, Gail Kim and, and, and awesome Kong and, and to a lesser extent, I guess like ODB and Mickey James, they, they were trying to actually, you know, wrestle. So that's, uh, that's my high spot this week. Scott, what's your high spot? Ooh, my high spot is the G1 is winding down and I am getting excited about it. Uh, because that's like the layout of the tournament. That's what it does. It, it, no matter what gets you excited about it. And, you know, it's not a huge lineup of guys. Um, Tama Tonga beat uh, Okada this morning. I don't know if I was supposed to say spoiler before that, but that was huge and changes the bracket. And Jeff Cobb has been in a bunch of great matches. Uh, it's just every match. The Cobb is so good. I, I I've watched the G one the last two, three mornings, I think. And, um, it's been genuinely exciting every match that is for that you know is in the tournament if you Uh, had to give our listeners top three g1 matches so far what would you say uh from this year's tournament okada and uh sonata had a really good match Mm um abushi and ishii had a really good i saw that that was great Um, yeah um zack saber jr and shingo all right. That so check those happen. out, guys. I'm going to check out Zack Sabre Jr. and Shingo right after this. Robert, what was your high spot this week? So my high spot, because it brought me so much joy to see, was Tony Khan accidentally leaking the full gear card. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you didn't see it, he was doing he was doing an interview for Forbes. They took a picture of him, with, and he was holding his notebook. And on the notebook was scribbled out the entire full gear card that he was planning. And there's something kind of endearing and adorable that he's handwriting like the card for the show at the Jaguars games. Like he had to go to work with dad. And well, he didn't have his action figures with him. So exactly. Yeah. But it's, I think that's just hilarious. And then it's out there and the card looks fucking awesome. And I hope that's that the they best don't part about it, man. It. Like, yeah, the card is good. And we're all like dope. Just the, Full speed ahead. Looks good, but I just picture him sitting in the corner while everyone's watching the football game <laughs> and he's writing on his notes like who's Britt Baker going to face like it's the kind of thing you would do if you were like eight years old and got dragged to a football game you didn't want to be at and oh, then yeah. it's out there and it's leaked and I kind of just love I still it. do you guys still do fantasy cards though sometimes. No, but I go to football games and play under the bleachers like I used to <laughs> just, yeah, no. me versus my stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, love, did we, um, did we kind of skip over? 
the fact that how amazing would it be to see Jim Ross on mushrooms? I mean, <laughs> it, you know, like just him, like just like seeing Steve Williams reappear out of a burning bush, being like, he's going to finally end me. He's going to finally end me. You know? It's definitely more comfortable than him calling a Riho match. Yeah, that's true. Oh, the slobber knocker is a nogger slopper. <laughs> I'm being chased by scalded dog. <laughs> All right, what was your uh, high spot this week, Mike? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, you can't say Squid Game again. Robert, I think, I think it was a work, but I think it was a great work. I think that the amount of media people, I, do I think Tony Khan himself is that media savvy? No, but I think he's surrounded by a lot of people that are. And they knew they'd get buzzed this way. And also the fact that they did officially, either way, they did officially announce uh, Paige versus Omega for full gear. And I love that because, you know, a criticism I've had at the company is they wait till the last two fucking months, uh, two fucking weeks to say when a match is going to happen, let alone even like some of their main events. This is a main event that deserves a proper build and a few weeks of pushing. And I'm glad we already know what it is. We sometimes we should, like, I, I don't think they should always do like the thing with rock and Cena where it's a year out, but I love when, you know, and it used to be the case with like WWE, you knew what the WrestleMania match was going to be the night after the rumble. And, and now you don't, cause the booking sucks, but I kind of love when things happen because they should. And, and I know Scott, you're really excited about the match and, knowing that it's actually going to happen and that they're building towards it now and they'll have time to do it is fucking great. But what's shitty is WWE does this, but only for crown jewel. It's <laughs> the know. only pay-per-view where they announce like the card so far in advance that they completely erase the purpose of extreme rules. Well, we, wait, we kind of knew edge and set. We kind of knew edge and Roman after many Royal rumble last year. Right. Kind of, and then it wound up not being that. It wound up being a triple threat. But it's more like yeah. the whole card. Like we knew the majority of the Crown Jewel card a few weeks ago. But I think just to Mike's point, what's kind of fun right now is it's almost entirely on the AEW side. But they're trying to reignite like the Monday Night Wars in so many different ways that's going to benefit the fans. Like WWE is doing this extended SmackDown that's two and a half hours. So Tony Khan's like. I hope we beat you guys. And then just for fun, we're going to put Daniel Bryan and Minoru Suzuki on uh, our YouTube show at 930 just to fuck with you even more. Like that's mm -hmm. that's fun. And I kind of hope it pokes the bear and wakes Vince up a little bit because he's been in a coma for the last 20 plus years. And if there's one thing that motivates him, it's spite. And the that's kind of fun to see. Doctors say if he wakes from the coma, he'll die. So, <laughs> hey man, uh, sleeping on network money is—I mean—it's pretty comfortable sleep, brother. Oh, what do you got? I mean, predictions. Uh, Rampage. It doesn't beat that last half hour of SmackDown. I, right? I, I don't. I don't think so. After this last no, week, because they does, got their ass kicked this week. I don't know, but it's yeah, it's it FS1. Well, yeah. well, yeah, but I think I think SmackDown. It still it gets a low rating, but it still does better than Rampage has been doing. Well, yeah, because the main event, the last half hour of SmackDown is commercial free, and it's yeah. Brock. Oh, right, I gotta, oh, I gotta run to oh, pee, yeah, guys. Yeah. But hit, hit everybody with your low spots while I pee. Okay, man. Uh, man, it's uh, Robert. Do you have a low spot this week? I do. Uh, on a Monday it? Night Raw, which is just a By low the spot way, of the week. I think that every low spot you've ever had has been Monday Night Raw related. <laughs> well, it is because we don't. But the, the, the I mean, the honest low spot is we just don't cover 
what was no, the yeah. flagship yeah. show of pro wrestling. Like we sit and we dissect AEW to the point where everyone's like, oh, you guys all hate AEW except Scott. We're like, no, we all like AEW. It's just that's what we talk about. If we broke down Raw, you'd be like, wow, you guys really fucking hate the WWE. Yeah, we um, like AEW enough to talk about it a bunch. Well, it's what people, it's what the audience wants to hear in general. It's like, that's yeah. that's what they said. But what was really just the low spot for me is Big E as WWE champion, they're trying everything they can and the audience is not accepting it. And there was a real low point there where he was in the ring and he did not feel like the WWE champion. He felt like a mid card guy and WWE has tried to use their, their PR machine. They, they sent him to the Notre Dame, Iowa game. They had him do a video for it as well as be in the audience. They had him go to the Fury Wilder fight and he did a voiceover of a video package. They're trying to make him a big deal and the way he's being presented on Raw is doing him no favors, and the audience is already hip to it, and they're kind of over Big E, and it sucks that he's worked so hard for so long to get there, and they're treating him like a, a mid-card guy who holds the title, which they did when I was there when it was Rey Mysterio. They did it with Punk when he first won the title, and you're setting this guy up for, for failure, and it's just kind of a, a letdown because he's a really talented dude who does deserve better. And I'm worried they're going to very quickly cut bait on him. All right. Who's, who's left Scott, Mike, Mike, you got one. Yeah, I got one. Um, a little preview for what we're talking about this weekend, but next week, um, the undertaker's hair in this <laughs> escape, the undertaker. Have you already seen it? You've already I, watched it. I, oh yeah, man. I, I, I saw, like I said, I saw it. And then I watched two hours of Abdullah, the butcher shit in a row. So I'm mind fucked. But his hair is the most disgusting thing I've seen ever. It, just even The Undertaker still, like, being on screen in any capacity, it's just uncomfortable. Um, you know, I there, there were parts of the – I'm not going to give my review now. Uh, the, it, it's a fun watch. Uh, you guys will, <laughs> I think, enjoy it more than to, it. to yeah. the top, which isn't hard. But, uh, but yeah, man – that fucking hair will haunt me forever. It's got to be better than Roads to the Top. It is better than Roads to the Top because also, you know, it is choose your own adventure. So you could just make bad choices like WWE booking and it's over in like 10 minutes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Scott, you already did your low spot? Nah, man. I don't know if I have a low spot. I, there, you know, there was no dynamite. Nothing really happened. I, I will do one. I'll do one for for both of us then, and that is the rock rapping. I don't know. If oh you've seen... God, man, I hated that so dude, much, dude. It was it so bad. Like, I used to have the the WWE volume, whatever, where he right. had that song about pie. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I thought it was okay. If you uh, were ever, if you ever wondered whether or not the Rock had any white in him. This Man. rap sure proves it. He was good in that Wyclef song years ago, too. So I'm surprised. I mean, it's, all he had to do was say his catchphrase and it worked. But Dan, it, do, you think, do you think there's good Samoan rappers? This just might be the Samoan side of him. <laughs> I mean, the Usos talk like they grew up in Compton, even though. I know. They all did. Like, Yokozuna does, too. Yokozuna yeah. would be like, yeah, man, I was from the hood. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they... I'm, I'm not sure politics. Yeah, you know. I can have Duel the Butcher show. This was the most culturally inappropriate moment of the entire episode. Can <laughs> <laughs> Samoans act hood, as it were? 
<laughs> we will have Cornell West on the next podcast to discuss. Yes, don't, don't you remember making a difference, Fatu? Yeah. <laughs> that was that after the Sultan or before the Sultan? That was before the Sultan. This was after he was the head shrinker. He's like, look, I wear shoes. <laughs> what a business. All right, folks. Well, next week we got Bright Side of the Ring, the roast of Alexa Bliss. So bright side for Alexa. Show and Hell, Alexa Bliss is This Is Your Life segment, oh, which God. I hope you guys have oh. seen this oh, the, before. The Bailey, This Is Your Life. As hosted yes, it's Bailey, it's Bailey, This Is Your Life, which Alexa Bliss is the antagonist for. Can uh, we just watch Roads to the Top instead, please? <laughs> Wait, <what laughs> must... Oh, can we, Scott. Can we just lick Abdullah the Butcher's forehead instead? <laughs> we're gonna do a we're, for uh we're gonna do anonymous for for bad gimmicks next week it's a fun one anonymous gm versus arachna man which oh, is yeah. the worst gimmick we got dynamite or dud and then as always high spot low spot folks follow us on twitter on instagram join our patreon i really do think we have the best patreon deal in the biz scott what do you got Oh, I am, uh, along with Zach Amico, going to be at Skankfest in, I think it's in Dallas, uh, Texas, November 4th through the 8th or some horse shit. I don't know. Look it up. Wait, what, uh, what is this? <laughs> it's called Skankfest. It's a I'm, thing. I'm, 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 I'm writing some roast jokes for Soder. Oh, nice. Lovely. Hell yeah. You should uh, be on that fucking day. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, do, I'm doing, uh, I'm writing some for some, some other folk. Um, yeah. Also, I was on this podcast. I hate the scene. Uh, they put it up on YouTube, and uh, I, I did some, some some Kenny Omega worship on it. So, if you look that up, you could see me uh, worshiping Kenny at some point on that. Yeah, awesome. That's it for me. Robert, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish. I also uh, good buddy of mine, Jamie Iavine, is doing a pro wrestling pay per view event called the. Halloween Hootenanny on October 26th. Uh, it's going to have uh, former roast uh, victim Gangrel is on that show. So that'll be a hell of a lot of fun. You can uh, check that out at hootenanny.eventbrite.com. It's also streaming on Fight TV. I feel like such a whore uh, promoting something. Uh, but uh, hey, it should be fun. Yeah, dude, this is what Halloween is about. Like fun Halloween-y gimmicked pay-per-views. Um, just a good time. Be Love Halloween. Kid, Favorite Halloween. Yourselves. I, I get into wrestling more around Halloween because I feel, uh, you know, I'm reminded more of childhood. Also, uh, for anyone who ever bitches about wrestlers living their gimmick, we just shot William Shatner into space. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Oh man, and 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 the stewardess has some stories about that. Mm-hmm. Wait till wait till Elon Musk takes the Undertaker to hell. <laughs> <laughs> with that with that machine he was going to use to save those cave kids in Thailand. <laughs> um, I I was going to say yeah. So uh, next Wednesday uh, is also no dynamite. So how how should we review dynamite? <laughs> Hey, should we? Oh well, we should be doing this Saturday's we'll, Dynamite. We'll do the Saturday week. show, and we'll we'll figure out other. Okay, things. all right, sounds good. I mean, we could uh, do we could do um a Dynamite slash Rampage review next week. We'll we'll throw in Rampage too. Yeah, guys, it's wrestling. Tommy Dreamer might finally shoot Paul Heyman. You know, we might have. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, miss. Anyways, uh, you know, I'm on the Facebook uh, page for Wrestleros all the time. Love the people there. Uh, and uh, yeah, on Instagram is Mike Lawrence Comedy. So there you go.
All right, Zach. Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. We'll see you next week.